The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 24th chapter. Jesus said to the eleven and those with him, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he offered, opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And see, I am sending upon you what my Father promised, to stay here in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they were continually in the temple, blessing God. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be with you all from God our Creator and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Sometimes life presents us with in-between times. Maybe you've been there. Between the phase of life that is past and the one that is yet to be. These are times when something has happened that changes your life, but you don't know, you can't see what's going to come next. Sometimes we are just betwixt and between, and it can be a hard and confusing place to be. The followers of Jesus, as we heard from our reading in Acts, are in that in-between place when Jesus ascends to heaven. They know he's gone from their sight, and he said that in a little while they would be clothed in power, whatever that means. They're in a strange, different in-between kind of place. They give us some clues about how to live when we find ourselves in those places. So let's take a look at our text from Acts this morning. I invite you to take out your pew Bibles and follow along if you would like to. We're on page 991, page 991. Luke, who is the author of both the Gospel of Luke and Acts, reports the timetable this way. Jesus' death on Good Friday, his resurrection on Easter morning, and then for 40 days, the risen Jesus appeared to believers. We're told about just a few of those appearances. First, to the women who courageously went to his tomb on Easter morning, then to two people on the road to Emmaus, then to all of his disciples. He ate with them. He invited them to touch his wounded hands and feet, he opened their minds to understand the scriptures about how it was necessary that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead. He taught them that repentance and forgiveness of sins was to be proclaimed in his name. He spoke to them about the kingdom of God. We are now at the end of that 40 days. And for those of you keeping count from Easter, that means the actual day that we commemorate or celebrate the Ascension is Thursday. So it would have been 
you know, three or four days ago, Thursday. It's the preacher's choice to celebrate it on the following Sunday so that we don't miss it, which is what we're doing today. So let's turn to chapter 1, verse 6. Notice how the disciples are having a conversation. They are asking a question of the Lord. They're still wondering about a political kind of victory. Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? Is this when you will get rid of those dreaded Romans occupying our country? Have you ever had an, is this the time question for God? Wondered about when God will accomplish certain things that you want deeply to happen? I think we understand that when question. But Jesus gently deflects their question. Verse 7, the timing of things is not for them to know. Jesus has something different on his mind. It's a different kind of power. In verse 8, he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Now, he's referring to something that will happen on the festival of Pentecost 10 days later, but they don't know exactly what will happen. They will be filled with the Holy Spirit, and Jesus said to them, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Next weekend, we will celebrate Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came upon those first believers and changed them forever into proclaimers of the good news. And please know, my friends, that we are one with the disciples in this, in being witnesses. Think of it. He said, you will be my witnesses. Not please be, or if you want to be, or if you do this right, you will be, but you will be my witnesses. They have witnessed him. They have seen him, spent time with him, experienced him. They know him. And so they are witnesses to his message and his life, his death, his resurrection. And all who have experienced and seen him through the generations, including everyone here in this room who has experienced his love, who has been strengthened by the risen Lord, who has been changed by belonging to the Savior, we are all witnesses. And we pray that our whole way of being in this world will reflect the one who loves us. Verse 9. When Jesus had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of sight. And then a bit later, while, they, while he was going, and they were gazing up toward heaven. Do you get the impression that they didn't want to take their eyes off of him? I'm reminded of when Phil and I were engaged 25 years ago. He lived in England at that time. Our visits were very precious, and it was very hard to say goodbye. So when it was time to leave, and I took him to the airport, and keep in mind that airport rules were very different 25 years ago, when I took him to the airport, I didn't want to just drop him off at the door. So I parked the car and went with him to check in and go through security and to the gate and waited not only until boarding was announced, but until he was actually walking into the plane and out of my sight. Anyone who has done such a thing knows why the disciples kept their eyes on Jesus 
for as long as possible as he ascended into heaven. Verse 10. Suddenly, two men in white robes, angels of God. Interestingly, some commentaries said they could be Moses and Elijah, like in the Transfiguration. Two men in white robes stood by him and gently chided, verse 11, why are you standing here looking? He will come in the same way you saw him go into heaven. The early believers believed that Jesus would come again soon, within their lifetimes. But really, no one knows when he will come again. It could be tonight, it could be in 10,000 years. To me, the message of the men in white is people, no dawdling, he'll be back and you have things to do. So the believers are now in that in-between time. The risen Lord has ascended into heaven. The mysterious promised Holy Spirit event has not yet happened. So what to do? How to be? Let's think for a moment about in-between times in your lives. Can you think of a time when something that ha has happened that changed your life but you don't know what comes next. Sometimes these are very difficult times. A relationship has ended and you don't know what to do or how to live now. A job has ended and the next one hasn't yet materialized. You have a realization about your life or a situation um, that needs to change, but you don't know how to bring about that change. In between times can be disconcerting, confusing, painful, challenging. We want resolution. We want answers. We want to know what's going on. So what do faithful people do in the in-between times? Let's go back to the text for some clues. Verse 12, the ascension had taken place from Mount Olivet, about half a mile from Jerusalem. At the end of the Gospel of Luke, were given the detail that the risen Lord had instructed the disciples to wait in Jerusalem for the event when they would be clothed in the power of the Holy Spirit. So they didn't stay there on Mount Olivet, gazing into heaven, looking backward and wishing for the good old days. No, they returned to Jerusalem as instructed. That means they were obedient. And that's our first clue being obedient to God, even in confusing times. Now, they didn't know what Jesus meant when he said they would receive the power of the Holy Spirit. And I think a quality of our in-between times is not really knowing or understanding how things are going to unfold. But the disciples were given the next step. Go to Jerusalem and wait there. Sometimes we're only given the next step. There's a psalm in a popular song you probably know that goes, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The lamp in that psalm isn't a big light that illuminates the next hundred yards. It only lights up that one next step. In the in-between times, we may not know how to be obedient all the way through to the resolution of the situation. We may just receive guidance about how to walk with God today. We walk a step at a time with faith that God will show us the next step.
So back in Jerusalem, the remaining 11 disciples gathered in an upper room, maybe the same room where they had celebrated the Last Supper. More than those 11 believers are there in Jerusalem. Luke is careful to include certain women, Mary, Jesus' mother, and also Jesus' brothers. Later in this chapter, we're told that about 120 believers had gathered. And that's clue number two about those confusing in-between times. Don't go it alone. Get together with other faithful people for support, for conversation about what's happening, for worship, and, verse 14, they were constantly devoting themselves to prayer. That's clue number three for the in-between times. Lots and lots of prayer. Prayers of thanksgiving for God's faithfulness, prayers for continued guidance, prayers for healing, prayers to trust God's timing, prayers that pour out our fear and uncertainty. Whatever is honest is good for prayer. Pray alone, but pray also with others. Be devoted to prayer. And that prayer can lead us to action as we pray for God's guidance. Lord, what business needs to be taken care of? What practical matters? What can I do right now? How can I prepare myself for whatever you are going to do next? With 11 instead of 12, the disciples were incomplete, so they prayed about replacing Judas Iscariot with a new disciple. And in verse 26, they were guided to add Matthias to their number. I invite you this week to be with the disciples in this in-between time as they wait for what the risen, ascended Lord is going to do next. They waited obediently. They waited in the company of other believers. They waited prayerfully, doing what they could do, getting themselves ready. And I pray that in our waiting times, our in-between times, we may be faithful. In the name of Jesus, amen. <clears throat>